This is the day that the Lord has made. We shall rejoice and be glad in it. Hi, my name is Dr. Lou Diaz, pastor of Butte Bible Fellowship located at 2255 Pillsbury Road in Chico. And I'm providing inspirational teaching for you from God's Word each week. Listen to my weekly radio program, Encouraging Words with Dr. Lou Diaz, at 10 a.m. on Saturday or 10 a.m. on Sunday. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. And now let us turn to Joshua chapter 4 and hear the word of the Lord as uh, Russ Brinkley reads it to us. Good morning, everyone. Thank you for being here. We ask that the Lord would richly bless us as we read his word together. Joshua chapter 4. When the whole nation had finished crossing the Jordan, the Lord said to Joshua, Choose twelve men from among you, or from, from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up twelve stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing, and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight. So Joshua called together the twelve men he had appointed from, from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord your God into the middle of the Jordan. Each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, to serve as a sign among you. In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. So the Israelites did as Joshua commanded them. They took 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan according to the number of the tribes of the Israelites, as the Lord had told Joshua. And they carried them over with them to their camp, where they put them down. Joshua set up the twelve stones that had been in the middle of the Jordan, at the spot where the priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant had stood. And they are there to this day.
turning to Joshua chapter 4, and today's message is entitled, How to Remember What God Has Done for You. Shirley inherited her family's grandfather clock. That grandfather clock is over a hundred years old. It's been in the family all of this time. And I think of all the people in her family that must have had to wind it up. Because the way you wind it up is you open the glass case and you grab the metal chain and you pull the chain down that pulls up the weight. And there's three of those chains, so you have to pull all three of those and then as the weight goes down, it, it ticks and it'll make sounds at the quarter hours and certainly dong come the hour. And so there's a family legacy there. There was a gift that was given, and I'm sure it has deep and significant meaning, but for me, as I hold that chain, the meaning is God has been faithful to her Christian family through the years, and now we are the next generation. And after we're gone, we're passing it on to our daughter, Laura. She's already claimed it. And every time she holds that chain, when we're long gone, she'll remember the faithfulness of God through time to us as she lives on our legacy. So there's something about remembering what God has done in our past that is so powerful. From this chapter, Joshua chapter 4, we're going to have five practical tips as to how to establish a miracle memorial. Number one, we're going to document the miracle. Number two, we're going to involve others in miracle marking. Number three, we're going to pick something from the, directly from the miracle that will help us remember it. Number four, we're going to place the miracle marker before us. And number five, we're going to tell future generations the meaning of the miracle marker. Now, to help you do this, I want to start off with document the miracle. In Joshua chapter 3, we have the documentation of what the miracle was. It says in verses 15 to 17, now the Jordan is at flood stage all during harvest. We're all tracking with that. The waters are too high to cross the Jordan, humanly speaking. But it goes on to say, Yet as soon as the priest's feet touched the water's edge, the water from upstream stopped flowing. Talk about timing. As soon as the foot of the priests who were carrying the Ark of the Covenant touched the water, 
the water stopped flowing upstream and the ground became dry. That's a miracle. The priests who carried the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord stopped in the middle of the Jordan and they were standing on dry ground. Well, all Israel, two plus million of them, passed by until the whole nation had completed the crossing on dry ground. That's another miracle. For the ground to be dry is one thing. For the ground to be dry and solid and substantial enough to hold up the weight of that many people crossing it, that's another miracle. So document the miracle that has happened in your life. And when you write it out in your journal, or you write it out on, on, um, on your computer, or on your Facebook page, or uh, whatever place you want to put it, you are letting yourself know this was a miracle. I recognize God did this. You know, one of the things that I was blessed to learn in my Christian life was you should go on a God hunt sighting. What is a God hunt sighting? That is, every day you should be looking for the fingerprints of God working in your life. Now, the fingerprints of God may be an answer to prayer. It may be God's timing, the intersection of two things that happen in a way that you can't explain it except God did it. How can this person show up just when we need them? Or how could this message come on the radio just as I turned a dial on that says exactly what I needed to hear? A British woman who was learning the concept of God hunt sighting said, you should ask the question, could it be God? Could it be God? So when you see an answer to prayer, when you see an intersection of timing, when you see a divine provision from the Lord, ask yourself the question, could this be from God? Give God the glory. Give God the credit. Acknowledge that he's working miracles in your life all the time. And say thank you to him. And document the major miracles. Because you know what happens when you document major miracles? It builds your faith because you say, if God can do this back then, certainly he can do something for me now. You're going to go through tough times. You've been through tough times and God brought you through. Well, you're going to face other tough times. And the same God who brought you through the tough time in the past can bring you through the tough time you're facing now. And you need that reminder. So what memorial do you have that helps you? So to um, help you in this exercise, I want to prompt you. I want to prompt you to identify a miracle that God has done in your life. So I've come up with five possible miracle areas. First of all, forgiveness. Is that not a miracle? How is it that you and I could be forgiven of all of our sins only by the shed blood of Jesus on the cross? That's a miracle because we deserve death. We deserve uh, separation from God. But God has forgiven us out of his grace, out of his unmerited favor. We have salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. That's a miracle. 
When I received Jesus Christ, I became a new creation. The old passed away and the new has come. I metamorphosized. I became a butterfly instead of a crawling caterpillar. Praise God for that miracle of salvation. I was at a summer camp, and uh, the teacher at the camp encouraged us to go and find a rock and paint the rock at the craft center in a way that signifies that we are born again, that we're new creations in Christ. So I found this rock, and it looked uh, ominous. It looked like a snake's head. So I put two eyes on it and painted it so it looked like a snake head. And I wrote on it, R-I-P, rest in peace. Because my old self, that was controlled by Satan and sin and selfishness, died when I received Christ. And so that rock was a memorial that I'm not the same person I used to be having trusted in Christ. I'm a new creation in Christ. And so do you have a memorial that remembers or celebrates when you receive Christ? It might be a, a decision card with your signature on it and the date. It might be you signing in your Bible, I received Jesus Christ on this day. And you just look at that and you remember the miracle of forgiveness. And then there's the miracle of fiascos. How many fiascos has God brought you through? Sickness, surgery, grief, trials, problems, heartache, whatever you've gone through, God has been there for you. And he's done miracles on your behalf, hasn't he? And you can't help but say, I should give thanks to the Lord. I should do more than that. I should somehow memorialize this. Put in a spiritual stake that says, I'm never going to forget what God did for me. Do you know why you get baptized? You get baptized as a symbol, as a memorial, that you've been saved. That, uh, that here you are, and you died to sin, and you've been raised to newness of life. So your baptism is a memorial of becoming a Christian. How about a feat that you've accomplished? Whether it's an accomplishment or a victory, uh, the Lord brought you through it. You wouldn't have made it if God did not give you strength to make it. What kind of memorial or miracle marker do you have about that? How about a friend that God's brought into your life? Someone who's been a major influence in your life, maybe a coach or a mentor. Uh, for me, I called up my old Boy Scout leader, and I said, Carl Lindstrom, I just want to say thank you for the influence you've been on my life. You gave up one weekend every month, plus all these weekly meetings every Tuesday to train me. And I want, now I'm a college student and I'm on my own, but I just want to look back and say thank you for the influence you've had on my life. And what if God brought someone who's your BBF, <clears throat> not Butte Bible Fellowship, but best friend forever? Aren't you going to thank God for that person who's influenced you? And note that our friendship began on such and such a date. Or how about your faith? Has God revealed a, a, a scripture to you that changed your life? Has he answered a prayer that was just amazing? Has there been an intersection of timing 
that you have to stop and acknowledge God. So here's the point. The point is that God asked the Israelites to make a memorial so that they would never forget that he stopped up the Jordan, created dry ground, so they could cross from their wilderness wandering into the promised land. God wanted them to always remember that. So, the first thing is document the miracle. Which miracle have you chosen in your mind? Has it been, wow, I'm so thankful God brought me through COVID? Is it, uh, I'm so thankful that uh, I'm in a much better place than I was five years ago? Whatever your miracle is, involve others in the miracle marking. Maybe your kids, your grandkids, Say, you know what, we're going to do a tribute to the fact that Grandma received Christ when she was a little girl. I'm going to tell you the story, and we're just going to make a little bracelet that reminds us of the gospel. And we're going to memorialize that Grandma is a Christian. So God tells Joshua, Joshua 4, 2, and 3, Choose 12 men from among the people, one from each tribe, and tell them to take up 12 stones from the middle of the Jordan from right where the priests are standing and carry them over with you and put them down at the place where you stay tonight, which is Gilgal. So when we involve others, we remember better. And they're blessed because we get to tell them the story. But then pick something from the miracle. Uh... It says in Joshua 4, 4 to 6, So Joshua called together the 12 men he had appointed from the Israelites, one from each tribe, and said to them, Go over before the ark of the Lord, your God, into the middle of the Jordan. So here's four priests. They're holding the ark of the covenant, which represents the presence of God. And they're ordered to go over there, and each of you is to take up a stone on his shoulder. When you think about a stone on your shoulder, that's not just a tiny little rock. That's probably a boulder. So every one of you, 12 of you, go and get 12 boulders that are right there at the river bottom that's now dry, that's right in front of where the priests are standing holding the Ark of the Covenant. And uh, each of you have been chosen by purpose because there's 12 tribes and there's 12 of you. And these 12 rocks are going to serve as a sign among you, a memorial sign a sign that God intervened in our lives. So, can you think of an instance where God delivered you and you got evidence of that deliverance? I'm thinking of somebody who had appendicitis and they did the, the emergency appendectomy and they said at the end, would you like your appendix? And they gave it to him in a jar, you know, with formaldehyde in there. And every time they look at their appendix, they think, wow, God brought me through a miracle. I, you know, that thing burst, or I, it could have burst and, and poisoned my body. I almost died. And, and look, God delivered me. And I'm sure you've got stories. You know, you're in the car, and you're in a car accident, which my young family was in a car accident. And the rear-view mirror was found on the back seat in, uh, on the floor. 
the force of that impact caused the, the rearview mirror to be on the floor in the back seat. If I hung on to that rearview mirror, and every time I saw that, it would remind me, whew, thank you, God, for sparing the lives of me and my family. And then uh, place the miracle marker before you. So Joshua um, set up the 12 stones in two places. The 12 stones, he set up a pile in the middle of the Jordan at the spot where the priests were standing. And they're there to this day, there to the day of the writing of this uh, account. And in Joshua 4.20, Joshua set up at Gilgal, the place where they were camping, the 12 stones they had taken out of the Jordan. Do you see what he did there? He had a memorial between him and the Lord. No one's going to see when the Jordan comes back this pile of 12 stones. But God will see it. He'll know it's there. But then he also set up a visible set of stones to remind himself of what God had done on his behalf. And you know, when you have a reminder ever in front of you, let's say uh, I played the most amazing concert ever and God uh, used my Bible study so that, you know, 10 people came to Christ. I say, man, every time I look at this Bluetooth speaker, I think of the concert I played with the backup of this and the 10 people that received Christ. This is a memorial of how the Lord worked, how he intervened, the miracle of saving these people. And so it says in Joshua 4, 14, the day the Lord, that day the Lord exalted Joshua in the sight of all Israel, and they stood in awe of him all the days of his life, just as they had stood in awe of Moses. So one of the things that God accomplished out of this memorial marker, the pile of stones, is that Joshua was held in high esteem and was verified as their God-given leader. So when you lead the way in telling people, let's remember the good things God has done in the past, guess what? People respect you more and think more highly of you because you are pointing them to God. So it's important to uh, be a spiritual leader. Dads, husbands, especially. And then finally, tell future generations the meaning of these miracle markers. In Joshua 4, 6 to 7, it says, In the future, when your children ask you, what do these stones mean? Tell them that the flow of the Jordan was cut off before the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord. When it crossed the Jordan, the waters of the Jordan were cut off. These stones are to be a memorial to the people of Israel forever. And then in Joshua 4, 21 to 24, we have these words. He said to the Israelites, in the future, when the, your descendants ask their parents, what do these stones mean? Tell them, Israel crossed the Jordan on dry ground. For the Lord your God dried up the Jordan before you until you had crossed over. The Lord your God did to the Jordan what he had done to the Red Sea when he dried it up before us until we had crossed over. And here's the punchline. When you tell future generations its meaning, Joshua 4.24, he did this, God did this, so that the purpose of God stopping up the Jordan and making the way for them to cross into the promised land, he did this so that all the peoples of the earth might know 
that the hand of the Lord is powerful so that you, the people of God, might always fear and revere the Lord your God. That's the bottom line, that a memorial reminds us of God's power and reminds us to always trust him and submit to his lordship. That's what a memorial can do. Now, the worst thing that can happen is when you make a memorial an idol and you start worshiping the memorial. We're not supposed to do that. But what memorial do you have? If I were to come over to your house and I came over to your favorite shelf of mementos, you'd say, you know that one? That reminds me of how God saved my life. That one reminds me of how God saved my soul. This one reminds me of how God brought a best friend into my life. I want you to seriously give thought to this exercise, this homework assignment I'm giving you today. The homework assignment is, think of at least one miracle that God has done in your life and come up with some sort of memorial, some sort of miracle marker that will remind you of what God has done. And whenever you're struggling and in trouble, whenever you need a miracle, you look at that miracle marker and say, great and powerful is our God, and I respect and revere and submit to him in complete trust. God, what you've done in the past, you can do in the future. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your faithfulness. Thank you for working on behalf of your people then, and thank you for working on behalf of us now. We praise you and thank you. Help us not to forget all the good things you've done for us, but may we say like the psalmist, Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Forget not all his benefits. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Do you need encouragement? I want to share my spiritual gift of encouragement with you. If you would like to hear my current message series, you may call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521. Call Butte Bible Fellowship at 530-892-0521 to find out how you can connect with our weekly worship services and faith-building messages from God's Word.